Hello everybody, my name is Brittany Chalk, and you're listening to A Dancer's Guide. On this episode of A Dancer's Guide, we'll be talking about agency representation and a topic most dancers know all too well, injuries. Today's guest is a triple threat, choreographer, and passionate fitness trainer, the accomplished Kaylee Stevens. Hi Kaylee! I'm really excited to hear about your experience with agent representation and to discuss a topic that's impacted both of our lives. Thanks for having me, Brittany. Hi, I'm so excited to be able to speak with you today about all of these things. Awesome. So am I. So to start off, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Okay. Well, like you said, my name is Kaylee Stevens. I have been a professional dancer for about six years. Um, I have also been a choreographer and a fitness instructor for the past three or four years. I used to live in New York City, but I just recently moved out because I got engaged. (laughs) Um, And I split my time between Florida and Edinburgh right now, but I um, plan on slipping back in and out of the city as much as I can. Sounds good. Yeah. Congratulations on the engagement. I'm really excited for you to get married. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Well, before we get into anything, I'd love to hear more about your unique dance journey. Yeah. So like many dancers, I began dancing at two or three years old and I continued competitively through school. And then I went to University of Florida and majored in theater arts and minored in dance and French. So dancing was something I've always known I wanted to do since I was little. There was never really a question about it. And after school, I moved to New York City, began auditioning, and booked several professional jobs. My first one ever, I met you, Brittany, (laughs) at Busch Gardens. And um, I've worked at several theme parks, cruise ships, international theaters, regional theaters, and I've also danced on television shows and commercials since then. Yeah, we we met at your first professional one. That was was your first one ever? That was my first job, yeah. Oh, wow, I don't think I knew that. That's so funny. Um, I mean... You've had quite the journey, and I know it's far from over. So firstly, I want to talk about agents. Um, I know you were represented by Clear Talent Group in New York City for three years um, under their theater dance division. So can you take me through what led you to seek representation and how you became a client of Clear Talent? Yes, definitely. In 2015, I had been monitoring agencies online and reaching out to them with my submissions, as you do when you're new to the city and beginning your career. And I wanted to see what it was like to be represented and be able to get into Broadway auditions slash big auditions, as well as get private appointments for regional theaters, tours, and have a more intimate audition experience. So a few of the agencies invited me to their open calls after I emailed them a few times. And I remember Clear showed interest via email and sent me an invitation. The main guy in charge of the theater dance department emailed me back and he said, hi, Kaylee, we are having an open call on this day. And so I had that written down after monitoring it for several months. And Clear Talent Group held their open call in Midtown at Pearl Studios. And there were about 500 people there. They held a commercial jazz slash hip hop audition audition call and a theater dance call. And I knew my strength lied in musical theater dance, so I did that and I went in for that. 
we all got numbers. We did a basic combination with kicks and turns. And then after a few cuts, we turned in our headshots and learned a more difficult, lengthy combination, which was a lot more complex. And this was at the height of my dance abilities because I hadn't gotten injured yet. So I remember feeling very confident and performing a ton and giving a lot of face. And I remember feeling like I had a very good shot in the room. And after a couple hours, I made it to the last 75 people. And after about a week, they asked for voice videos. So I had my roommate at the time work with me on some songs, took some videos and submitted them. And then a few weeks later, I got the call. I signed with their theater dance sector and it felt extra rewarding because I had worked so hard in the room and outside the room for it. Right. Yeah. It seems like quite the lengthy process you went through. Yes. Yeah. Even prior to it, as well as in the room, all the voice lessons, sending in videos, sending in applications. Um, Wow. Takes a lot, huh? Yeah, it does. And it made it extra special when I got signed with them. Yeah, because you put so much into it. So, you know, you said that you were sending out a lot of your details to all of these agents. Were you attending, you know, as many open calls and scouting classes as you could um, in hopes of, you know, catching any agency's attention? Or did you specifically seek to be with Clear? So I had heard that Clear was a wonderful talent agency and they were doing well and representing people that I knew. And a bunch of my friends had recommended them to me and the people that I was inspired by were represented by them, people that I had seen on you know, social media or on websites or in shows. I'd seen that they were rep- represented by Clear. So I definitely had my eyes on the prize. And also, I think in 2015, they were kind of at the height of their, I don't know, I haven't heard as much about them lately. Um, I don't know if, how they're doing now. But I know that in 2015, a lot of people were were represented by them. So I I kept my mind open, yes, but I had my eyes on clear because of the people I'd seen that were represented by them and how talented they were. And so I wanted to be a part of that pool. Right. Yeah. They had built up this reputation and you obviously picked up on that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. What were some of the benefits you found in having an agent? So clear was great. They got me appointments to huge Broadway calls. Um, tours and big, well-known, reputable regional theaters. That was the biggest thing for me. I got in the room for things that I wouldn't have gotten in the room for otherwise at all. I also loved that it made the audition process easier, shorter, more personal. Um, People started to know me by name. People started to remember me, things like that. That was definitely a huge perk of having an agent. Yeah, it definitely would be because I think networking is such a huge thing in our industry. And if you're known by your first name, that that's a pretty good place to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, to shed light on the pros and cons, um, what were some of the things that you maybe disliked about having an agent or things that maybe you wish they provided you that they just didn't? I felt that there would be really long periods without appointments. I I would go many months without hearing anything from them at all. And then, boom, I would have this huge Broadway audition, which I feel made me extra nervous, feel the pressure, 
I felt not so well versed in the Broadway world at the time. And to go into, I remember I went into a something rotten Broadway uh, call that was, they were actively seeking a replacement, um, very actively. And I just was so nervous that I completely blanked when it was my turn to go. And I knew the combination, but I just stood there in front of the whole Broadway team. And so I didn't like having these dry spells where I wouldn't hear from them at all for many, many weeks. And then I would have this massive, massive appointment. Also, every job I booked the last six years was due to me going to open calls. Every job that I have actually booked and made money on was due to me going to open calls or having a relationship with casting or choreographers or being referred to by a friend. So in four years, I didn't book a single job with Clear Talent Group. Even though they gave me amazing appointments, I didn't book any of my biggest work through them. So in the end, they didn't make money off of me and I didn't get much use out of them, but I also dealt with a lot of injuries at this time. So I think if I had been in New York City more, or I hadn't had dealt with injuries, there would have been a stronger, better outcome with Clear Talent Group. Right after I signed with them, I tore my ACL and had my first surgery. Very kindly, they kept me on their roster and they said it was fine with them and they wished me a safe recovery and they kept me on for a couple more years. But due to the fact that those injuries started happening, happening at that time, I think our relationship just didn't work because of timing with my agency. And I think I'm a very rare case. I know that agencies bring many positive outcomes for many people. Just for me, it didn't quite work due to what was happening in my life at the time. And I didn't have any assistance offered to me to hone in on my training. Um, they would tell me what I needed to work on. They said, you know, we're really confident in your dance abilities. We think that you're very strong, especially in musical theater jazz, but we need you to work on, work on your voice more. So they believed in that. And so I focused on my vocal technique and that was a very useful part of being with them was they were like, okay, we like your hair this length. We think that cutting your hair does a really good thing for you. Please work on your voice. Here's the kind of roles that you should go for. They kind of pointed me in a direction of, okay, chorus line is your show. You definitely read older. You, When your hair is shorter, you look older. When your hair is longer, you look younger. So there was tons of positives and tons of negatives, you know? And I think that that's what happens with any working relationship in the performing arts. Well, not all of them, some of them are positive, but with agencies, I think there can definitely be a roller coaster effect for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it sounds like they told you things that you might not have realized about yourself, which were super helpful. And then you were able to then do those things on your own. Precisely. Which, yeah, led you to get all of the jobs that you've booked. So interesting to hear that because I once, I was at some equity audition and for God knows what reason, I got through as a non-equity dancer and it was for a show, Kiss Me Kate. I don't, I have no idea what theater and I got a call back. I was super surprised. I think I was the only, maybe one of two non-equity girls that got called back. It was the next day and I got into the room and all of these, you know, seasoned equity girls were in there. I was super intimidated and guess who walks in but Josh Bergas is the choreographer and I lost it I was like 
I can't dance. I can't remember choreography. I completely blanked. So I sympathize with you in that sort of situation where it's just like that pressure of Broadway or this amazing choreographer and you just like completely forget all of your training. Everything you've ever learned just goes out the window. It's awful, but it happens. It does happen. It's terrifying. Terrible. You recover. You recover. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, I know I've known some fantastic performers, dancers, singers, actors that either seek representation for years or actually never end up obtaining representation. So I guess what would be your advice to someone who's looking for representation and maybe has just struggled to get noticed? My best advice would be to truly seek it out. I was on Backstage.com, Playbill.com, agency websites every single day looking for a notification of an open call or they would say, our open calls are usually in the spring. So I would wait months or, you know, sometimes they're in the summer, but I actively remember being on their websites every single day. And I also asked people I admired who they were represented by. I didn't expect any referrals. Nobody referred me, which made it more rewarding. Like I said, um, and then I waited and waited until there was an open call. And for dancers in particular, I think open calls are crucial because it shows what you're capable of performing wise, what your presence is like in person, what kind of energy you give off. And I didn't expect the signing to come without work and patience. Yeah, I knew that it, I think just truly seeking it out and being patient and waiting your turn to have that moment to be in front of people. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Well said. Well, let's move on to our next topic. I think it's quite a sensitive one. And of course, talking about injuries. Now, you and I are no strangers to injuries, as you've mentioned already. Um, You've had four surgeries in all, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, All all to do with your legs. And Mm -hmm. so can you tell me a little bit about those injuries and how surgery ultimately became your final option? Sure. My first surgery was very traumatic. Um, I had booked my dream role, my first ever big principal role in my career as Cassie in a chorus line. And I was five shows into the opening of the show. We had only done five shows since opening. And I went down to Naples to teach a dance class. And my ACL completely ruptured in the middle of class and... I thought I was fine due to adrenaline and the fact that our pain tolerance is extremely high, I think. Um, And we got an MRI that afternoon or the next morning, and they said it was a complete rupture of my ACL and it had to be replaced or reconstructed. I was devastated, uh, and I definitely thought I was invincible prior to this. I was at the height of my physical abilities, in my opinion. It was shockingly painful. It tested my patience in every way. But the good news was for that surgery, my reconstruction went extremely well. My knee healed perfectly. My knee is now better than ever. And a year later, I played Cassie again and finished the show at a different theater in New Jersey. So that was the first one. And... Uh, There were many more to come because little did I know this was just the beginning of my surgeries. I had also 
been dealing with hamstring pain most of my life from age 13 or 14. I always felt this pinch when I was stretching in dance class, 13 or 14 years old. And what I didn't know was that I was actually overstretching, pushing into stretches I shouldn't have been pushing into. I never really thought much of it. I just thought I was, I thought it was dancer pain. Later on though, I, it got more excruciating. And in 2016, I got MRIs to determine what was going on. I'd been to, like you, many pain doctors over the years, acupuncture, chiropractors, physical therapists, masseuses, you name it. I saw them. I spent the money on it. I've had probably seven MRIs. Um, some thought that my pain was sciatica from back pain. And some thought it was piriformis syndrome, which is when your piriformis gets crushed by the uh, the sciatic nerve interferes with your piriformis muscle and your glute. Then after my MRI and a couple more opinions and better physical therapists, I discovered it was hamstring tendinopathy. And hamstring tendinopathy is a very uncommon injury and very, very misunderstood. Basically, when you tear your hamstring, if you don't strengthen it and rehab it and continue to stretch it, especially overstretch it, um, scar tissue develops in bad places and compresses the sciatic nerve and you cannot recover it and the tendon starts to pull away from your sitting bone. So this was happening on both of my legs. I didn't know what my options were, so I stuck to physical therapy for a year while I was also beginning my career in the fitness world, working for Flybar, Flywheel, and the PE Club on the Upper East Side. And it was a wonderful year building a reputation in the fitness industry and strengthening my body, but I couldn't help but keep noticing my hamstring pain. It had gotten to the point where I couldn't sit longer than 10 minutes without excruciating pain, couldn't sleep and couldn't do activities that I was used to doing. So I began Googling, speaking to hamstring patients, and I found out about hamstring surgery without going into too much detail because I could speak about this for hours and hours, here's what happened. I decided to get proximal hamstring surgery where they reattach the tendon and clean up your sciatic nerve of the tissue. And I went to California in 2018 and had surgeries done to both legs six weeks apart, right and left, six weeks apart. The, the surgeries last year were arthroscopic, which means it was very small incisions, minimally invasive, fast recovery, or so I thought. Um, and it went well. I was optimistic, but I rushed. I was used to my knee. My knee recovered very quickly. It, you know, joints are different than muscles, I think. And every body part is different than the last. You can't compare. So I began dancing way too soon. I did fitness way too soon. And I retore both legs again. My pain came back. And I had a feeling I had done damage once more. So May 2019, I got another MRI of my legs, and it was true. Both legs had been retorn, tons of scar tissue. And at this point, physical therapy is no longer effective. I had to go in for revision surgery. So here we are. My right leg just got operated on seven weeks ago today. And it was far harder this time around because it was open surgery, not arthroscopic, meaning my scar is very, very long, and it hurt very, very much. I had to wear a sling for four weeks, use a walker and crutches, and I can confidently say I'm taking my time this time around, and I'm trying to strengthen my leg to avoid another surgery. I'm trying to strengthen my left leg to avoid surgery on it, but it is retorn, so we'll see what the options are as to whether I need to go back and get that one done next year. 
Um, and it's been a very long, difficult road, but I'm remaining as hopeful and as positive as I can because injuries are now part of my dance journey and I'm trying to learn from them rather than resent them. So yes, that's my story. <laughs> yeah, my, my heart goes out to you. It's never fun dealing with injuries and especially what you've dealt with to have the same injury come back because you didn't wait long enough like that's just crushing yeah like I just I feel I'm so sorry <laughs> um I can I, I've been through it as well you know I've I've had two surgeries of my own um I had two herniated discs in my back and I tried everything like you um chiropractic care epidural injections physical therapy yet I still suffered from severe pain and eventually came to the conclusion that I would need surgery. And with the herniated disc, it's um, the nerves that are the major issue. And because my discs were bulging out of my spinal column, they would put pressure on the nerves that ran through my legs. Um, and the pain was so excruciating at times that I found myself paralyzed in my right leg. And I felt as though my career was being threatened. It was a slow realization that I was going to have to come to terms with the fact that I wasn't going to be able to do all of the things I previously could, which was hard. Um, you know, I think injuries of any sort are devastating to dancers and all physically active people. And an injury that affects your passion and calling in life, man, that's really difficult to deal with. So talking about your mental state in all of this, can you describe what that was like for yourself? You said that you try to remain positive and it's become part of your dance journey. Can you just take me through, yeah, how you were feeling mentally? Absolutely. Mentally, it's been a roller coaster, of course, as one would expect. I felt like I was getting closer and closer to a Broadway tour, um, a big regional theater, my dreams coming true, especially with all the chorus line stuff. And it was, you know, I remember being called out in a Broadway dance center advanced class. And the guy was like, put me with all the boys. And I just felt really, I felt like I was, I don't know, at, at my height, at my peak. And I really did feel invincible. Um, and I was in final callbacks for all the roles I wanted, came very close to booking the chorus line tour, felt like my voice was better than ever. And then all these injuries kept happening. So it was definitely a three steps forward, six steps back kind of feeling. And it has been since then. It's definitely been okay, I'm better. Okay, now I'm not. And it's definitely kept my ego in check. And it's very important. I found meditation, I found spirituality saves me. It's so important for me. Um, and it's been educational journey of self awareness and patience and learning to also learning that, you know, this industry has other outlets. There were many tears shed, many phone calls and wine nights with my supportive dance friends and many disappointments. But I always tried to focus on what I still had. I still had overall health, a great family, an amazing boyfriend, and at the time, incredible friends and goals. So I usually overcame that fear and disappointment and tried to turn it into positive things. Yeah, I think that's always the best route to take. Um, you know, you can never predict when an injury will strike. And when they do, I just think it's important to weigh up all of your recovery options and not just jump into a surgery because it might not always be necessary. 
but I think correct like you said it's just a roller coaster of emotions um it's not something anyone wants to experience and it is okay to be upset about it um oh yeah you know I think I've been one to always pick myself up after I've been knocked down and I know and have always known so deeply that I was meant to be in the dance industry in some way shape or form and you know I said to myself my career might not be going as planned but I'm going to find a way to be present in the industry that I love and I think that promise to myself is what propelled me forward and even though my surgeries were successful my back will just never be as good as new and so I had to begin to figure out what my new path included and how I needed to evolve my mindset. So I chose to take different classes, researched prevention options, and now I've created the A Dancer's Guide platform, which are all things that keep me connected to dance, make me feel as though I'm still a part of this industry and community, which is always just so important for me. And I think if anyone struggles to find the light at the end of a tunnel uh, after an injury, you know, reach out to family and friends and even a professional because I think there's power in support. And I'm glad that you had the support from your family and friends because it can be monumental at at your low points. Now, I know that you're a dedicated fitness trainer. Did you use fitness to strengthen your body um, whilst recovering from these injuries? Yes, I majorly honed in on fitness. Fitness came at a really good time as well, because you are kind of low and it is, it is okay to feel like upset about your injuries. And fitness was kind of a way to kind of turn it all around and be like, okay, what am I going to do now to honor my body and help my body? So I definitely honed in on my love for fitness and I began cross training and I found it extremely important. I fell in love with bar and, uh, thanks to fly bar at flywheel and it focused on strength and Pilates based movements, dance based movements and strength based movements. And I became a teacher there and I realized how important cross training was for dancing. And I, it gave me so much more endurance and in auditions. And I finally knew how to resolve anatomical imbalances in my body. I learned how to improve my posture, how to strengthen my knees and my hamstrings and how to keep my mobility in check. I learned that I was very front dominant. Like most dancers, we have carry a lot of strength in the front, but not that much in the back because we're just so stretch, 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 and never like strengthen, strengthen, strengthen. I learned um, just how to stay healthy in a non-intense way. I'm a very intense person. Emotionally, physically, I like to go hard. I like to do things fast and I like to be extreme. And I learned how to peel back and to keep fitness more focused on mobility and longevity and how fitness can actually be quite functional. It doesn't have to be all about having a six pack and everything. And now I do workouts at home and body weight based workouts that, you know, and I promote it on Instagram as well because I've learned so much from my injury and so much from work and so much from multiple surgeries and recovery. So now I'm trying to find a way to help others with that. So yes, fitness has been a huge endorphin creator, a very happy thing for me, something to focus on amidst all of the 
ups and downs of the dance career as well. And it also just goes hand in hand. It's such a good partnership, fitness and dance. And I find that a lot of dance professionals end up going into the fitness industry because they have the personalities for it, the education for it, the discipline for it, the build. So it's a great, it's a great pairing. Definitely. I think I said this in a previous episode. I firmly believe that any form of physical activity directly has an effect on your mental state. And I think that you were able to find another way to be physically active through fitness that it did probably carry you through a lot of your emotional state. So I'm with you on that one. Well, 100%. Yeah. Do you have any injury prevention tips now that you've been through all of this? Yeah. Again, try to remember that working out doesn't have to be a crazy intense thing, nor does dancing. Um, You can go to class and find classes that are the right fit for you and your injuries or your anatomical imbalances. You can find a teacher that teaches a class that's safe for you or a, or a teacher that understands that you can't do the full warm up due to certain injuries. And like I said, I'm kind of an all or nothing person when it comes to working out. And after getting injured, that had to change. I had to dance smarter. I had to train smarter. I had to eat smarter. Um, I had to train correctly. I had to work with physical therapists. I cannot say that enough. Physical therapy changed my life. And I know that I've seen probably about 15 people over the course of my life. But after finding the right ones, I can't say enough about the work that they do when they are one-on-one. When you find someone that, you know, can give you that one-on-one attention and help you with your pelvis, your, you know, your anatomical imbalances, I can't say that enough. Watch PT videos on YouTube and Instagram. That was really helpful for me. Learn a lot about your body, like stay in tune with it. And if you feel pain, don't push past it. Pain isn't normal. And address that pain and find a way to strengthen the parts of you that may feel weaker. And stay committed to a couple exercises that make you feel good every day. Those are some great tips. Is there anything else you wish to say to someone who has dealt with severe injuries in their dance career? I would say to them, be patient with your body. Know that you will come out of this okay. Find who loves you to your core, surround yourself with them, find ways to stay busy that keep your heart happy, stay involved in things that make you happy. Just because you are physically limited does not mean that you are emotionally or spiritually limited. And know that you can always be involved, like you said, in any platform. You can always be involved with the arts and your help is always needed and your time is not up. There is no time crunch. There is no now or never. Be present with the time that you have and know that you will always be of use to the arts community. Very powerful statement. Well, is there anything else you're currently pursuing that you haven't maybe mentioned yet? Um, And kind of what are some of your plans for the future? Yeah, due to the injuries, I have kind of ventured into the world of choreography. I was found, somebody came to my show in Florida, a good friend of mine now, his name is Cody. He came to a show of mine that I was in in Florida and he said, would you like to choreograph a chorus line over at this theater in Fort Myers, which is a town close to my hometown. And I said, sure. And it was a terrifying step into a different world, but I kind of got, I've gotten bitten by the choreography bug. 
I did one show. I did Chorus Line with them, and then I did Newsies, and then I did Matilda. And I'm getting um, emails from new, exciting projects that aren't locked down yet. But, you know, I would really like to be involved in a national tour, whether it's performing or, you know, an assistant choreography role or a big regional theater um, like you, you know, my fiance is from the United Kingdom. And I would also like to dive into the world of dance there. I would like to see the opportunities that are available there, whether it's teaching, choreography, like I said, performing, even just gigging. I am realizing that I actually have a knack and a love for choreography and teaching children and spreading knowledge about injury prevention, fitness. A lot of my students have changed their outlook of fitness and staying healthy after I've given them 45 minute warm ups when I teach them. So I think at this phase in my life, I'm realizing what kind of gifts I've been given and I'm trying to utilize them in a way that's going to give back. And I'm super excited about the choreography side of things, the possibility of my hamstrings getting better and performing more in a safe environment, maybe not maybe not so athletic of a show as Chorus Line, um, but maybe a show that's a little bit easier on the body, maybe focusing more on my voice. I'm open to all options and I don't want to close any door right now because if there's anything that I've realized while being bedridden for so long, it's that I really do care so deeply about maintaining this connection with dance like you have. And, and I feel very connected with you speaking about such a topic because it's something that is absolutely on my heart and something that's totally possible to do. I completely agree with you. Uh, well, we've covered a lot in this episode. So would you mind sharing some of your details so that listeners can check out all the great things you're up to? Yeah, my website is kayleyjanestevens.com, K-A-Y-L-E-Y-J-A-Y-N-E, Jane with a Y, stevens.com. Um, my Instagram is at kayleystevens, spelled the same way. I also have a fitness Instagram for those who are looking for quick, effective workouts, uh, travel workouts, online training. It's called Travel Fit by Kaylee. Uh, my Facebook is kaylee.stevens.9, and my Twitter is at Kaylee Stevens. All right. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the A Dancer's Guide podcast, and I just want to thank you for sharing all of your stories. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for creating a platform like this, Brittany. It's very special and near and dear to my heart, and it's a privilege for us dancers to have. On the next episode of A Dancer's Guide, I'll be speaking to the world-traveling performer, Julia Griffith, about her experiences on international stages. You can follow us on Instagram at A Dancer's Guide Official, like our Facebook page, and for more information, visit adancersguide.com. Always remember, stay confident, be humble. Thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs>